Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact on the world around you. On this episode, we're going to talk about toxic positivity. Noelle, it sounds like one of our t-shirts. It does. I'm excited about it. Can I just say, by the way, um, if you don't know, Noelle and I have this thing where um, we'll say something and it just, I don't know, it lands in some way and we'll say, okay, that's a t-shirt. And we have probably over 200, but we've never made a single t-shirt. They're imaginary t-shirts that, we, uh, <laughs> that we're collecting. <laughs> they are imaginary t-shirts. One day though, uh, I feel that we should let the world know um, via uh, clothing how brilliant and hilarious we are. Yes, it will be the uh, the trail that we leave behind. On, on this <laughs> My legacy. Yes. <laughs> Quotes on t-shirts. But you know, toxic positivity is actually a really interesting, um, and and I'm and I'm, you're going to go much deeper with it. But uh, just from what I gather. Uh, I think there's a lot of that. I call it the crust of wellness. I think there's a lot of that um, kind of happening with influencers and, you know, people um, with good intentions, but um, sometimes um, not educating themselves and just, just, uh, you know, because of the internet. You're right. You're right. And toxic positivity, the term that we use as a noun, right now at this exact moment in time in 2021 refers to largely um, online culture. Mm -hmm. The reason, however, that we're going to talk about this particular term today is, you know, even with our t-shirts, I'm endlessly fascinated by language. Where does it come from? Who was the first person to ever use this term? Why is it being used now? And it seems like whenever it is used now, um, it's being used in a punitive way mm -hmm. by folks who might consider themselves woke oh. in order to classify others as less than. Yeah. that Can I just say personally, that's another word that really bothers me is the woke because uh, so many people are using it and, and claiming that they are. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. And and I don't have a problem, you know, with, with woke. I, I Toxic positivity has rankled me a little bit, but when I really took the time to learn the history of it, it knocked my socks off. And it was just such a good reminder to take the time to do due diligence around language and meaning mm. and context and history because as a human culture, the, the trail that we leave behind us is our words, you know, similar to our future t-shirt line. And, um, and this term is very much stamping um, our current history. So where does toxic positivity come from? I thought we made it up this generation. No. So it, uh, <clears throat> the bottom line is that no one really knows. Um, where toxic positivity came from when we're referring to it as a noun. And I went down a really deep rabbit hole with this one and I found a Washington Post article on it. And according to the Washington Post, the exact origins of the label are murky. And so I said, you know what, after two hours, if the Washington Post can't figure it out, I'm not gonna be able to figure it out. Um, but what I do know is that the idea 
itself is very much rooted in uniquely American culture, which values positivity sometimes to a default. Yeah. And so what does that look like um, when we value positivity uh, and it, you know, tips the other way and it's now a negative thing? Yeah. So the definition, according to psychology today, is this idea that keeping positive and keeping positive only is the right way to live your life. And that negates negative emotions, negative feelings, negative states. And coming out of the pandemic, there is a deep divide between folks who are feeling all of their feelings and folks who would like to move on with life. Yeah, there's a um, a pretending, I think, that's lined sometimes with positivity, and that's why people have a problem with it. It's also why I think um, positive psychology gets uh, judged. It's one of the reasons that positive psychology get judged, gets judged, and, and this is, again, where we have to go to the historical context of the language, because the, the critical study and analysis of positive psychology doesn't negate... Um, poor happenings or catastrophe or sadness or anger or anxiety or any of the other emotions that might be characterized as negative, positive psychology simply lifts up in equal measure that mm -hmm. which is good because negativity bias will yank us back into a negative state uh, subconsciously just because of the way that we're wired. So at what point do you think that um, positivity uh, starts tipping the other way and it becomes, um, I don't know, false or phony or pretending and now it's not really serving you anymore. Yeah. So before we can answer that question, you know, the overarching question that I always have is who's asking? Mm. Who's asking the question and why? And that's where the historical context comes in. So the first known time that toxic positivity was used in print was in a book called The Queer Art of Failure. And it's it's both a book that talks about queer life and it's also a book that talks about the fact that failure is really healthy for us in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And the direct quote is the toxic positivity of contemporary life. So in context, when we're looking at an author who is queer, who's examining um, the, the tremendous benefit of failure, it, it's easy to see how the toxic positivity of contemporary life could sweep both under the rug, could ignore both in context, sure. right? right. Um, and so when, when we're saying, okay, so contemporary life is the arch, contemporary life is the frame, who's winning? if folks negate pain? Who's winning if folks negate their marginalized voices? And I would say that it's, you know, business as usual, capitalism, patriarchal culture mm -hmm. that, that values the binary, right? Um, so toxic positivity is in many ways actually linked to capitalism. Keep on and, and keep purchasing. Keep on right. and keep the engine going. And if we go back even further, this idea of the rosy affect of American life. Think of the 50s and 60s yeah, uh, that yeah. came. Ad advertising. Advertising, exactly. It came after World War II. So you know the phrase, um, keep calm and carry on? Yes. 
It's not American. It's British. I know that that's a that's a T-shirt. I wish we would have um, actually printed because um, there that person blew up. <laughs> that, that whole thing a hundred percent. So so here's the direct link between kind of the idea of toxic positivity and American capitalism. So that phrase "keep calm and carry on" is from 1939. Wow. And it was coined to boost morale leading into the Second World War. So the British government commissioned a set of posters to quote unquote manage morale during the war. Mm. Fast forward 71 years later, two bookstore owners in America found a poster in an old box, hung it up in their store, and it attracted so much attention that they began printing it. Mm -hmm. And that is when um, keep calm, carry on became popularized in American culture through capitalism. Oh, I didn't know that. So it was regurgitated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, it was a hundred percent regurgitated. And so, okay, if we're saying, well, this idea was, you know, floating around Great Britain during the war to get people to again put their troubles aside, keep calm, keep calm, carry on, don't worry, be happy. You know, all of these deep roots are in asking the general population to kind of ignore what's Mm -hmm. really going on in the face of, um, you know, keeping the economy going. Yeah, the uh, don't worry, be happy. I mean, that's in in my, uh, my generation. And that was in the 80s, no late 80s. That's the Beach Boys. And, And don't get me wrong. I love the Beach Boys. No, no, there was and, a, there was another person. You know that song, "Don't Worry, Be Happy." I forget what it was, but it was kind of like a um, it was kind of like a, a Jamaican, kind of like a reggae, and it blew up, and it was everywhere. I think it was the eighties. Bobby but. McFerrin. Yes, yes, that one. Bobby McFerrin. Yes, and it was a very happy song, and like you know, it's okay, just. Just be happy, make a choice, you know. Make it happy, exactly, 100%. So, so this idea was, was popularized post-World War II in American culture. And I think American culture has really carried the mantle. And I refer to it often as the Coke commercial of American life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I found so much deep irony when I was researching for this podcast because Um, you know, my nickname is positivity pancake, right? Like (laughs) I tend to be a naturally positive person and it it doesn't mean that, you know, pain and and negativity and uh, hardship don't occur in my life and that I don't give it true and and valuable attention. But I was like, oh, wow, you know, this is, this is an interesting construct to really wrestle with as far as, you know, what, what the ask is Mm -hmm. for masking and who's asking us to, to mask. By the way, if Noelle is positivity pancake, I am the wandering waffle. Are you? (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Um, All right. So this goes back even further than pre-World War II in Great Britain. Mm. And I traced it all the way down to the 17th century during the European Enlightenment which was an age of hyper-rational thought and religiosity coinciding with the enlightenment um, 
many people began characterizing this particular period of time as the best of all possible worlds because it was created by an all-powerful, all-knowing God. Mm -hmm. And in that uh, time, any evil and suffering was the absence of divinity and you could remedy it by, by praying your, your pain away. And so Voltaire published his satire Candide and it was the first, um, viral response to what is truly the concept of, of toxic positivity. And it skewered the optimism by saying, you know, hey, famine happens, war happens, natural disasters happen, uh, misfortunes happen. And at the end of Candide, um, the heroes are disillusioned because Mm -hmm. life happens anyway. And Candide was banned for its veiled critique of establishment tone deafness. So here, again, all the way back in the 17th century, we basically, same shit, different day. Right? right, where right. we we have this idea of let's just ignore what's going on in the world, um, so that we can keep the machine going. Yeah, and and let's bring it back to the individual. How does this uh, affect us in our journey? So, I think it's really complicated, and it's 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 nuanced, and in our time one of the greatest challenges that we have is to step away from um, cancel culture and to really examine the nuance because I reflected on myself and I said, you know, I'm, I'm an inherently positive person. Do I cause harm because of my natural optimistic affect? And, and when I really sat with it, I said, no, you know, I don't. So then how about the folks on um, social media that are just endlessly in bathing suits somewhere wonderful are those folks creating harm by create like this this mystique of life and and the conclusion that I also came to is probably not um, we all have the capacity of perception and if we just choose to look at one thing and not another that's on us yeah I think for me if you um whether consciously or unconsciously jump on the positivity train and suddenly that's the one note that you hit daily um you could get into uh um denial you could get you could get into um because that feels light and easy sometimes uh so you're not looking at the the stuff that you need to work on and so for me i think that that can be a danger is if everything it's almost like the um um, some of these concepts that where it's like, you know, imagine vision and, and things are going to happen to you and all that. And it's like, no, it requires work. You can't sit on your couch and just cross your fingers. And so with this positivity thing, if you're just going to be positive, positive isn't a bad thing, of course, but if you're just going to jump on that um, because you've been programmed to, then it's harder to do inner work. It's harder to look at the stuff, you know, that that's that's hard to look at sometimes. Indeed, indeed. And and what the literature tells us coming out of positive psychology is that both positive and what we might call our shadow um, is required in order to have a flourishing, balanced, even existence. That if we say, I'm only going to focus on that which needs work, 
we're going to be out of balance. If I'm only going to focus on that which um, I wish for or yearn for or wish to manifest, then we're going to be out of balance. But in order to do the damn thing, we actually need both. We need that vision because hard things are hard. And we need that grit to push through to the vision. One of the areas where um, toxic positivity can actually be quite harmful beyond to the individual level is interpersonally. And the way that that shows up is with an intolerance for other people's pain mm -hmm. or a lack of uh, sensitivity to issues that are, are painful for someone that you might not have any direct um, experience with. So, you know, if, if someone suddenly loses a, a parent or a family member, um, what's appropriate to say is, you know, that is so freaking terrible. I'm sorry. And give that person a hug. Mm -hmm. um, you know, toxic positivity could be characterized as someone saying, oh, well, you know, they're in a better place now. Not necessarily true, depending on who you're speaking to. Right. Um, and, uh, or, or even I've heard this come up a lot in different aspects of diversity work where, you know, folks will negate the deeply painful experience of folks of color uh, by saying love and light and we're all one. Um, I'm not that kind of white person. I do yoga, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so those are, those are the traps when you use your positivity to ignore or dismiss someone else's pain or to ignore or dismiss your own pain um, that you can get into a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Minimization. Yeah. And that equals uh, people not being seen. Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, you know, when I really sit with this frame of, of who's encouraging us to mask the pain, to keep calm, to, you know, pray our, our troubles away and to just slap a smile on in the face of, um, grave disparity it's like oh you know that's not gonna help us collectively win <laughs> in the end you know i think um and this is a different episode but i think that you know with asian culture and and this is the first time where um asians are are, are being kind of uh, there's a spotlight and there's a lot going on um with asian culture but i think we've kind of become invisible because there's a layer of toxic positivity that you know we as a culture um everything's okay you know we don't go to therapy we don't look at the problems we don't want other people to think that there's anything wrong with our, our family and so um many years of that generations of that and we kind of slowly become invisible with the with the with the culture that is you know un under the radar you know that's a really amazing point yeah. um and and I think um, a really important spotlight to shine on just you know your own observation of personal experience. So so let's model this, um, John. As your friend, you know how can I support you in changing this for your own family? Well, you're. I mean, you you've been very supportive. I think for me, um, it's an inner journey where I have to. Uh, embrace my culture and uh allow myself to um be asian american whatever that looks like because in the past i think i have 
uh, denied it, uh, hidden away from it, pushed it away. Like, because I wanted to be quote unquote American, um, taking my shoes off was embarrassing. Eating kimchi was embarrassing. Right. So, uh, it's, it's, it's all advertising. You know, I wanted the, the, the designer jeans and the cool skateboards and stuff like that to fit in. And so there was a, a form of denial there. And so, um, positivity, quote unquote, capitalism, you know, Levi's, <laughs> like all that stuff I was sold. Um, and my parents thought that's what it meant to be American. And by doing so, I turned away from Asian culture, you know, but now there's a, there's a upswing and now it's different, you know, now, now I'm, I'm actually, uh, embracing and, and I wish I would have, you know, went to school and learned how to read and write Korean and stuff like that. I've never been to Korea, so I want to go to Korea. So now there's a, there's a return happening. And I think it's kind of, uh, happening in, in the world globally, uh, not just with my own personal life. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I'm proud of you and I love you. Um, and, uh, you know, what's really coming up for me in, in listening to this is like, that's the real positivity is, is the turning home to yourself, to your mm -hmm. culture, towards your heritage and all of those big dreams that you have to go to Korea and what a different, deeper, authentic slice of existence you just presented. Yeah, maybe we could end on that word that really resonates with me, uh, the return. So I mean, you don't have yeah. to be, you don't have to be Asian, but uh, if um, po a toxic positivity has a, impacted your, your you in any way, um, you know, what does the return look like for you? Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Well, thank you for bringing up this topic and uh, filing another uh, T-shirt under our, our cabinet, imaginary cabinet of T-shirts. The return. <laughs> the return. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training, and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's jrni.co slash everything.